0: And we get to break down the 49ers squad matchup with the Chargers. And it was overall a pretty good showing from both teams. I think both teams got each other. Um, But this is really good work for them and a lot of exciting news coming out of LA. And we get to break it all down and I'm excited to get into it.
1: Absolutely, because there were exciting things. I got to see a version of Jimmy Garoppolo that I love to see and some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that was coming out. But before we dive too much into individual performances and things like that, it's time for the daily plug, folks. You need to make sure that you're subscribed. Hit that notification bell right now. That way you're notified for all of our videos daily at 11 a.m. That graphic would need to be changed because now it's Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. We'll get there. No worries. And also heading over to the Cutback Shop, right? Getting all your great 49 Cutback merch. And checking out the new Discord channel. You don't want to miss out on any of that wonderful stuff over there. Tons of things that will talk about coming out of this day, I guess officially 16, of, of training camp, right, and this joint practice session, number one with the Chargers. Um, what were some of the things, the big key things that you took away from this joint practice session?
0: I think the very first thing I took away was Jimmy Garoppolo's first drive. Uh, he comes out and he goes three of three. He has an eight-yard pass to Sherfield, 15-yard pass, and then a 40-yard bomb, bomb to Travis Benjamin. And that's what you like to see from Jimmy Garoppolo, executing, going three of three, uh, going right down the field and scoring a touchdown, you do not see him go deep very often, but when he does, it usually hits big because Jimmy Garoppolo only takes it when it's there. We would like him to take it more, yes. Um, they said the coverage was going to give it to him. You know, They gave him the opportunity to go deep. Travis Benjamin is that guy. He has the speed to take the top off the defense. I'm sure it was feeling very nice for him going back um, to LA and, and giving them the business a little bit. Uh, and that is one thing we like to see. But I thought it was cool to see that he went 8, 15, and 40. Uh, he's living in that that area that he always lives in. And then as soon as you start creeping into the box now, he's going to beat you over the top. It means his leg feels healthy. He's able to press off and he's able to get the ball down the field.
1: Which you love to see. And Kyle talked about it a little bit today that Jimmy was taking more shots because the defense was giving him opportunities to push the ball downfield. Um, and that's always been the concern because there have been people and there have been fans, 49ers fans, who talk about the fact that even when it's there, Jimmy doesn't take it. Um, you know, jason hill famously on this podcast now jay hill came on face off episode one and said jimmy was a glorified game manager right in week one of the preseason that's just kind of always what he's been he doesn't push the ball downfield It's like no false jimmy has taken shots jimmy takes shots downfield it's just jimmy doesn't take sh- unnecessary shots downfield jimmy doesn't like throwing 50 50 balls because jimmy doesn't want to throw picks um people can joke all they want about oh well jimmy but jimmy garoppolo does throw picks i he mean those, those practices in 2019, right but what has always happened when Jimmy is thrown a pick, he almost immediately comes right back and has himself one heck of a drive coming off of that. Um, and I like just seeing that he starts off red hot in these joint practice sessions, right? Where the cameras are definitely going to be on him and Trey Lance and their performance and what they're doing comes out right away. Good note, technically great note, right? Big drive completes it to Travis Benjamin, which is what you want to see. And now all I want to see is this translate over into the game. If Jimmy's able to get some run in this second preseason game, I want to see a scoring drive that gets led down the field and doesn't get blown up by a Charlie Warner pass interference, right? I want to see Travis Benjamin translate this from practice performance and doing great things and making big plays to on the field doing the same things because he's going to have to if he wants to make this roster.
0: And overall, I think both quarterbacks had a good performance. Trey Lance, once again, was very successful in the red zone. That is one area where he is excelling. Uh, He excels with the deep ball, usually down the field, but in the red zone as well those are areas where he can be used during the, fo- during the season and areas where he can really produce is especially in the red zone and on um, two point conversion plays, which I Absolutely. think could be something the 49ers add as an added wrinkle to their offense at times uh, because of the you know the pressure that he puts on the defense to make it 11 on 11 football. Uh, the extra gap that has to be covered because you can't fly down the line of scrimmage when this guy's trying to give the ball. So 100%, I like that both quarterbacks came out, established themselves, against a very good defense, a well-coached defense with some pressure coming off the outside. You have Joey Bosa out there. Plus, you have Derwin James running around, you know, as a ball hawk, wreaking havoc. The fact that you're able to get up on these guys and make plays on them is a good sign for the 49ers. I don't think it surprises either one of us because we've seen them both in camp. Both have looked very successful. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to clean up the deep ball, which it looks like that's what he's working on. Trey Lance needs to clean up the intermediate stuff, all the, the rhythm throws. Uh, making sure he's finding the right reads, he looks like he's doing that. Those are the things that we want to see improvement from these guys, and this is a great opportunity for them to improve.
1: Agreed. And, and look, I mean, Trey had himself a day. He had, he had a big touchdown throw. Um, he he did complete a lot of balls. He had a lot of good good stuff, um, and then he had some bad. Obviously, he had the sacks that he took. Yeah. Um, they they counted about four. Um, I think is what what I was reading. What the report was. Yeah, I've seen four. That's the number that I keep keeps popping up that I've seen. Um, and then you had Jimmy who had some struggles and some throws and things of that nature. And a lot of that struggle came in the red zone area where he almost threw two consecutive picks. Uh, right? Or actually, technically three, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Um, I did see the interception. I saw the video of it posted by the Chargers. I hate to break it to folks. I don't know if I'd put that pick on Jimmy. That looked like a really, really, really bad route run by Richie James, who was running an out route. The ball gets put low and in front of him, and Richie James is drifting away from the ball and gets completely undercut by Asante Samuel Jr. Um, did not look to me like it was the cleanest route. Jimmy. It looked like Jimmy thought Richie James was supposed to be in an area, and Richie James was nowhere near where that ball was placed.
0: Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think, one, Richie James, you're right. He, he should have ran that more flat and even worked his way back to the football. That's number one. Number two, Jimmy Garoppolo should have got the ball farther out in front of Correct. Richie James, where Asante Samuel would not have been able to make a play on that football. But you're testing your, your limits at some of these practices. You're seeing what you can force in. If you watch Brick by Brick, you know that there was one play where he's talk- Kyle Shannon is talking to Jimmy Garoppolo and they're talking about a ball that he threw away. And he's saying that's a great read in a game. That's that's what you want to do. In practice, throw it up, though. Make a 50-50 ball. Make that receiver make a play. Let's see what he can do. Jimmy, oh, okay, I get it. You know, I get, I get what you're saying, coach. So, yes, there's going to be opportunities where Jimmy Garoppolo throws interceptions. Now you've got the evidence that it's coach-inspired. Uh, coach is asking him to make different throws that he's not used to. Because he's wanting to press him and see what he can get away with. That way he's able to know what he can get away with in games. So 100% this is good. Yes, we don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to throw interceptions. I'll be more concerned if he throws interceptions in the preseason games or in the regular season games than I am at practice. Practice interceptions don't scare me as much. There is a nice volume of them now. I believe it's seven overall. Uh, That could be a little bit concerning. But overall, I'm not too worried about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing interceptions. They're all underneath things. Uh, where he's not seeing somebody dropping in his zone or somebody's undercutting a route, which a lot of times you can put on him not getting the ball farther out in front, or the fact that the, the receiver, like you said, drifted and wasn't in the proper position to be able to work his way back to the football and get in front of that corner. Uh, some of this is on Richie James, who once again is struggling in
1: training camp. Struggling might be maybe an understatement. He is putting together not a great performance in camp. True. Um, and is really, really, really setting himself up for essentially failure at this point. Um, he's going to have to get it turned around really, really quickly. Um, Really, really? Really, really. Uh, And then, look, there's some other guys who are going to have to get turned around quickly, uh, one of them being Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd is going to also have to get it together because, again, now out, it's official knee tendinitis. So obvious why he's not on the field. Knee tendinitis is no joke, folks, especially when you're coming off an ACL in the same knee. That's going to be difficult for him to be dealing with. Uh, The other reports coming out were Trent Williams in the knee getting drained, so all the people freaking out. You know, Maybe there's something serious with his knee. His knee's getting drained, folks. Probably not that serious. Just a lot of swelling, some fluid buildup. They're going to get that fluid out. Let that, let's that. see how the swelling comes down off of that. And then go from there. He's not going to be doing anything strenuous the rest of this week. Um, I imagine he'll be back and ready to go by Monday.
0: Yeah, and they said he's going to be back next week and back to play the Raiders. I think that's the most important thing is let's see what he can do in the dress rehearsal. I would love to see what is the projected 49ers 22 starters, you know, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and how ultimately they use those guys in those first half snaps they get against the Raiders. I think everyone wants to see that. Ultimately, though, that game doesn't count. So that doesn't really matter. So if, as fans, we want to see it. You know, We're, we're kind of itching for that. But overall, we want to see it when we play Detroit. So if, if he's not ready to go, then he's not ready to go. But I think we will see a return of a lot of these guys. as They prep and get ready um, for, de, for Detroit in the Raiders game. So that's exciting, though. We got that on the horizon. Right now, we got to worry about the Chargers and these joint practices. But overall, we're working towards getting better and, and a lot of improvements coming from this 49ers football team.
1: Agreed. And they're getting pushed and they're getting tested, especially this O-line. Uh, Jalen Moore getting tested early and often in these uh, joint practice sessions. Bosa going at him a little bit. Uh, McGlinchey getting beat once, from what I remember, um, on, on Bosa and during, I think it was 11-on-11 11 11 situations. I may have misread that. Uh, but here's the thing, right? Mike McGlinchey, we've always talked about, usually like once a game he has a bad rep. One really bad rep. So he had one really bad rep in a practice against Bosa. I'll take that. If Michael Glennches have a one bad rep in a practice against Nick Bosa, or Joey Bosa, excuse me, uh, then you know what? This guy might be completely cleaned up and polished by the time we get to game time because you're going to get a lot of these mistakes, right, or anticipatory things where Bosa is able to catch you off guard or give you something maybe that you haven't seen before. Um, you're going to start getting prepped and ready for that, the speed, how it looks coming off the edge. Um, these joint practice sessions are nice because it gives you an opportunity to not only go up against someone else, but get familiar with a player as well, uh, someone that you're going to face on a on a snap-in, snap-out basis. And we all know, right, if Trent Williams is on the field, Mike McGlinchey is getting the best pass rusher for every team. Yeah. Uh, luckily for McGlinchey, he's going to get to share some of that because they're going to definitely test Jalen Moore also.
0: Yeah, they 100% are, especially right now. And I think that's what the 49ers want. You know, test the young guy. Let's see what he can do. Let's see how clean his technique is. Can he hang in there? You know, is he going to get fooled? Is he going to let somebody bend the corner? Is he going to get his hands on him? There's a lot of questions that go into it. I'm sure Coach Forrester is loving the opportunity for his young guy. He knows what he's going to get out of Trent Williams. They don't have any questions about what he can do. Mike McGlinchey getting beat is not a concern because Mike McGlinchey is going to get beat. Because guess what? Joey Bosa is one of the best edge rushers in the entire football league. So if you don't get beat by him, you're an elite-level guy. And if you're an elite-level guy, your name is Trent Williams. His name is not Trent Williams. He's a right tackle, and he's a very serviceable right tackle who's very good against the run, you know, in the run game and average against the pass right now. I think he's going to develop that even further. The size he put on is very noticeable. I stood very close to him at training camp. He is massive. He has put on a lot of size since last year and he put it in the right spots. It's not like he just ate crazy, but he's having to go out there and execute. I think we're going to see an improved Mike McGlinchey and this could go a long way of showing that illustrating it to his teammates, to the other teams that Mike McGlinchey's back and he's ready to prove he's a solid right tackle in this league.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% accurate indeed. Um, and getting to test the young guys is going to be a key thing as well. And getting to test some of the depth behind even guys like Aaron Banks, right? That's going to be able to get seen. Sean Coleman as well not going to most likely be going. So we're going to get a good look at a lot of these pieces. The thing I'm really excited for, though, is seeing this D-line. Because you got one guy in particular who was out there showing out, balling out today on the D-line. d Ford. Folks, we told you so. We've been saying it on the pod for quite some time now. This guy, we had a feeling was going to get healthy. This guy was going to show out in a major way. He showed out in a huge way, right, in yesterday's joint practice session. Don't be surprised to have him build on that today in today's joint practice session, Ant. Will we get to see any of them in week two of the preseason? Highly, highly doubtful. But in that dress rehearsal, everyone, the Raiders are going to get a little bit of a taste, right? A taste of D Ford, I feel absolutely awful for them.
0: To quote Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers, he's back. Um, yeah, he, he's back and he was looking good. His first step is there. We've seen it in practice. We've seen it on all the videos that we've been watching. D Ford is has the acceleration to get off the edge. The thing that's impressive is he didn't just beat him around the edge, but he also won with Bull Rush. The fact that he can use power and strength means D Ford is feeling very confident with his back. You're not gonna do that if you don't feel confident. He would have been, you know, limited up top. He would have been stiff. He did not look stiff at all. He was getting down, he was bending the corner, getting that shoulder dip, and getting to the quarterback, which is nice to see. The fact that he was putting this much pressure on the Chargers is exactly what the 49ers need because he unlocks this defensive pass rush. As much as we talk about Nick Bosa and his effect, D4 being opposite of him is something that can't be unmatched. That is why they went and got Samson Ebucom. They're trying to find that type of D4 player just in case. If D4 is able to do that, this defensive line is the best defensive line in football. It's not a question. And the times that they have these speed rushers out there together is going to be almost unstoppable. I feel sorry for these other teams. And finally, we have a defensive line that can go after these quick quarterbacks and able to keep them in the pocket. And that is fun to watch. You add that with the speed at linebacker. And now Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray are not so much of a trouble as far as with their legs, as they were last year, when Kerry Hyder, you know, bless his soul, would chase him, and there was just no catching him. Uh, it's unfortunate that or that happened. Would,
1: or he would catch him by the hair on his chinny chin chin. Yeah, he
0: looked like a fat kid chasing an ice cream truck. Um, as, as much as he wanted to get there, he just couldn't. Um, and that, and that, you know, Kerry Hyder is a great player, so that's we lo- good. We do love Kerry we, Hyder. We love Kerry Hyder, but I'm just saying, D. Ford, the impact that he's going to make, the fact that he had this impact against not his own teammates, but the other team is a very good sign. The fact they actually had him out there is a very good sign.
1: Agreed. And listen, Chargers fans may be coming in here right now and being like, well, you know what? I was at that joint practice session. You know who wasn't playing? Rashawn Slater. Look, folks. You think Rashawn Slater wants that smoke? Rashawn Slater, not not only does he not want that smoke, Ant, Rashawn Slater's strength is not the speed aspect. His lateral quickness is not his strength. Um, you know, one of the things that was great about him was his flexibility of being able to move inside and out. There's a lot of talks of Rashawn Slater potentially being a center in this league. Uh, I hate to break it to folks, centers typically aren't your most agile, nimble lineman out there in space. So, look, I, while while I think Rashawn Slater will definitely probably put up a better fight, um, a better fight may just be that. D Ford gets there maybe a half a step slower, or you know maybe his long arms prevent makes makes D Ford take a little bit longer of an angle and gives Justin Herbert just a smidge more time, maybe. But guess what? He ain't out there. So it's ifs and buts. It's what ifs. You don't know as of right now. Chargers. Chargers fans. Chargers O line you got some issues behind Rashawn Slater. You better hope that guy stays healthy all year. Uh, But then again, that's the case for most every team in the NFL. If your first guys go down, you're usually in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not exactly no Joe Blow out there, but he is a rookie tackle that's going to be playing right tackle against D. Ford, who's a veteran that knows all the tricks of the trade. Uh, Rashawn Slater would have got all the business, everything he can handle, because D. Ford is that guy. You have to worry about speed. You have to worry about power. And just when you think you've got it figured out, he'll get you off balance and put you on the ground. So do not question the double nickel. He's going to be out there making plays. As long as he's healthy, we knew this was going to happen. We had a feeling this was going to happen a long time ago. We knew he was going to be a breakout player this year. That's so why we had the video out. But it's looking like he's he's going to get it done, and he's out there. I mean, every single 49er fan should just be absolutely stoked about the fact he's going to be out there with, you know, and against the Raiders maybe with Nick Bosa uh, alongside oh. of him, which be, could be our first glimpse of what we're going to see in some situation in the third, first third and long. If you see Ford, Bosa, Armstead, and, and Kinlaw or Ebucom, oh my Lord. Um, there's going to be an opportunity for them to get to the quarterback in a huge way. I would almost guess we don't see Ebucom just because they don't want to show that look overall. Maybe You'll probably get a DJ Jones or a Kinlaw in there with those other guys, but that's enough.
1: Can we give some DJ Jones love, by the way? The brick-by-brick episode the they put up, DJ Jones is a character. Yeah. That guy is hilarious. He is loving life here in San Francisco. He is loving life playing with Kisarek and Kisarek in this D-line. The fact that, right, he's all mic'd up, Kisarek comes over, talks to him about, you know, the hands and the, and the things he wants him working on today in practice. And Kisarek walks away and goes, just because I'm mic'd up today, you know, come talk to me like 10 more times. And It's just dying because that's as a player, right? When you got something that you're focusing on or your coach wants you focusing in on, on those days, if you just got done with the film session, right, and he highlighted you, you know coming into that next practice, he's going to be in your ear all practice about the things that you need to work on. Even if you know how important it is for you to execute those things, coach is still going to be over there. I love seeing that dynamic out of Kisarek. I love seeing DJ Jones out of his shell a little bit because you don't get those types of insights typically into players and how they are on the field or off the field. DJ Jones mic'd up. That's a win right there. 49ers uh, YouTube page. Give me some more of that content in my life.
0: Yeah, that was funny. I like when he's looking at Coach and he's going, why are you looking me up and down? What you over here doing that for? <laughs> it, it just it just made me laugh. It's just, you know, out there. You see him and Kerr having fun. We could see them having fun when we were out there. Absolutely. You just can't. Know, you don't, you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, to see him kind of just having fun and playing loose, but when it's time really lightened it up, uh, was exciting. Anyone that gets an opportunity to watch Brick by Brick on YouTube, uh, it, it's good because you can see Chris Kisarek and his element, but you can also see DJ Jones and the rest of the defensive linemen in their element. And yeah, they brought a lot of character and personality to these players. Sometimes we just see a person out there playing. We don't actually get to see the person's personality. When that bleeds through, a lot of times you draw a closer connection to them. And, and that that's really cool. When you can draw a closer connection, you really root for these guys even deeper than you already do. It's not. It's just a little bit – it's a cool aspect. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Uh, you know, I just – I enjoyed what I people watched have people. there. People of people. You yeah. love it. Uh, look, and then there's the the, the there's the big stuff, right? One-on-ones didn't go necessarily as great for the 49ers. I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to laugh about it a little bit with you because I saw people absolutely freaking out about the one-on-one clips. Like people talking about, man, the Niners secondary was getting – toasted in one-on-ones. Jason Verrett getting toasted by Keenan Allen in one-on-ones, in which Keenan mm-hmm. Allen ran ran like what looked like about a three-move route there in order mm-hmm. to get open on Jason Verrett, and Jason Verrett still closed the gap at the end. Uh, you know, D'Amador Lenore getting toasted by Jalen Guyton. I just thought it was funny, because you saw all of those posts, pretty much every toast post that I saw about the 49ers secondary were all during one-on-one sessions and seven-on-seven sessions. You know what I didn't see a single post of it? Toast sessions during 11 on 11. Yeah. I wonder why that
0: is. Uh, it's completely built for the defensive player to be at a disadvantage in a one-on-one situation. The offensive player knows the route. He knows what's going on. Also, there's no pass rush. There's no circumstance. The quarterback can sit back. He doesn't have a pass rush. He can have a full view of the field. Uh, not to mention, he knows in a one-on-one situation there's one guy to throw to. All he has to do is wait for that opportunity. It, that's so hard for a defensive player to be able to win consistently We've seen it in practice where we've seen guys who have no business beating like a jason verrett beating a jason verrett in one-on-ones when you get into 11 on 11 it's clamps Uh, because there's a lot more that goes into it then and then it's then there's scheme and everything else involved where now you're showing different coverages and you're you know changing the way that you're behaving you're changing your alignment you know whether you're shading inside or shading outside depending on the coverage Uh, if you're up in man coverage or you know are you bailing all these things go into it and they're gonna really give these guys different looks and you don't do those during one on ones you know uh, usually it's all man coverage. And I mean I what I see Eckler defeat Michael Kendricks. Ooh, I feel shocked. that was gonna happen. no way. Um, that's what happens. Unfortunately, that's a bad massive matchup for the 49ers and you know what's gonna happen in 11 on 11s. They're not gonna allow that matchup to happen because they know that is a bad matchup. The defensive coach is trying to make sure bad matchups don't happen, and the offensive coach is trying to make sure those bad matchups actually happen. That is the key to it. That's why 11, and, 11 on 11 football is the only way to truly evaluate football. One on ones have zero meaning. Uh, it's, more, it's more of a fun thing for the fans to see.
1: Look, and, and there were reports. So Justin Herbert in this practice, if you were curious or wondering as a 49ers fan, how did he do in this first joint session? He was 17 of 22. It's good. Good numbers. You know where his numbers weren't great? Red zone and two-minute drill. Two-minute drill, three of his five incompletions came during that two-minute drill in which they weren't able to get anything going. And a lot of the beat reporters for the Chargers were talking about how the Niners defense really seemed to kick into another gear when it got into two-minute the two-minute situation. And in the red zone, he had his other two incompletions in those drills. Um... And their run game for the Chargers was non-existent in short yardage situations. This has been one of the things that made this defense so special in 2019. When teams got into the red zone, they were walking away with three points instead of walking away with touchdowns. Or they were Seattle and getting stopped at the one, and we were turning around and walking out of there with a big fat W. Um, This defense looks like it has everything in place, and that's without Emmanuel Mosley on the field, right? That's without Kinlaw out there. Bosa out there, and Ebucom out there running on, running in 11-on-11 11 11 situations. Um, you know, that's that's not a full healthy 49ers defense right now. If they're already looking that stout against this Chargers group right now in the red zone and things of that nature, they're only going to get more and more cleaned up as guys get healthy and guys get ready closer towards week one of the regular season.
0: 100% you throw out no Al Shayer, no Jaquiski-Tart. Um, they're definitely not 100% from where I think ultimately they look to see this starting unit looking like but they're really good at run fits. We saw that at practice. They get into their windows, they plug holes, and they make sure they make contact with the running back and drive him backwards. They're not letting any of this fall forward stuff where a running back picks up a couple extra yards, and that's what's so important about be, you know being successful in the red zone is you have to make impact, woo hits, contact hits in the, in the hole and drive these people, stop momentum, stop the play from happening. When you do that, you're able to make plays plus, for the first time in a long time, the 49ers are able to run man coverage more than they've ever ran. So they can clamp down to these receivers, which is important when you're in the red zone and you're in these you know, limited area spaces uh, where it's completely compact and there's not as much room to operate. So we see quarterbacks that struggle with this. Jimmy Garoppolo struggles with it a little bit in the red zone. So Justin Herbert doesn't shock me that he would as well. If you can't get the run game going in the red zone, you can't establish a play-action game, then you're going to struggle with these pass plays. Uh, pretty much you know, as long as the defense knows what's coming, which is usually rub routes or stuff like that, they're able to handle it. So overall, it doesn't surprise me that's a good sign for the 49ers that when it comes crunch time, they bend, but they don't break.
1: We want them to bend. It's okay if they bend at times. Ideally, you don't want them to bend at all, but that's not realistic. That's not the real world. They're going to at some point in time, but you definitely don't want them to break right when when the going gets tough and they really start to get bent and stretched out you want them to buckle down refocus and be able to go no you know what you've had enough momentum it's time to take a little bit back for ourselves and get ourselves a little bit of that juice going forward so that the offense can turn around and let it lead to a big drive because what you don't want is your defense having to constantly bend constantly bend constantly bend uh, and if you're bending and just letting team breaking right and letting teams put up points now your offense is playing from deficits right you're putting stress and strain on the offense this defense though Looks like it's returning towards more towards 2019 form, and we're not even healthy yet. So get us get us healthy. Did you see
0: any reports about what the 49ers were doing on third downs? I did not, Uh, because I didn't hear any reporting from the people there what the 49ers defense was doing on third downs. And all throughout training camp, the 49ers on third down blitzed like crazy, heavy. So maybe Herbert was able to move the ball because they weren't blitzing as heavy. Maybe that is coming tomorrow. Um, maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe you're going to see Friday's practice where they blitz a lot and maybe Herbert's not as successful on third down. Ultimately, I'll be interested to see that. I think that's something that really I wish these people would report um, so we have an idea of, of how they're playing it because context means everything, right? You had 17 of 22, but how many times are the 49ers playing soft zone coverage and allowing him to make plays underneath and just go to rally to tackle because that's what they're wanting to look at? I would 100% like to know. So if somebody could please watch it, that'd be great
1: they're going to watch it but the transparency i mean asking them to be transparent is just not not it's not the back it's not the mo right you can't be transparent because if you're transparent i, wish I, was there. I know me too I, w- I want to be down in la right yeah. now i prefer i prefer to be down there in la not because i like la but because the 49ers are down there practicing against another team i want to see it for myself physically like in person but it is what yeah. it is little little glimpses and little things come through i got to see the jimmy deep ball which i liked You oh know, it was nice i'm a big fan of deep ball big jimmy. props
0: to jason aponte for that
1: yeah i wasn't he wasn't even trying to film Just that filming was the, in the, defense. the defense filming the defense catches it on offense we appreciate that Jack.
0: yeah as uh i think it was haberman said an all uh 44 film so he appreciates that yeah literally uh, all both, both fields <laughs> getting everybody out there we appreciate that
1: we re- we really do uh, and look i mean i I'm just excited, right, of what today is going to bring when these joint practice sessions. Correct. Because you're going to get to build off of what, whatever it is that you put down. And don't think that the 49ers coaching staff didn't go into this practice session, right, this first joint practice session with something in mind. They wanted the basics done. They didn't want anything crazy done today. And maybe not like the basics in terms of like their base sets and their base stuff, but like basic installation of what they wanted to go through. We want to do these things today, right? We're not trying to do too much crazy. We want to see these kind of looks, these kind of coverages right? We want to start implementing these things because this is the stuff we want to execute come game time. And then tomorrow is going to be cleaning up the stuff that they put on film today that they didn't like and pushing the envelope a little bit and maybe getting, like you said, with the defense, getting a little bit more aggressive and the offense being a little more situational.
0: Yeah. And there's some cohesion as well. They're working with the Chargers to have certain situations that they can go through that you can't always simulate in a preseason game. That is what's so nice about this. Now you can simulate these situations and you can actually go through these times that you want these guys to be able to improve and you can make it exact you can't do that in a game situation you don't know if you're going to get like they got in the game where trey's backed up to the one yard line and how he's going to be able to respond you can ultimately do that easily in this oh we're going to move it back to the one on this you're going to we're going to do this so you know oh we want blitz packages right now because we want to see how this guy does with his hots these are all things that they can do which is nice you can't always do that um, and these are great opportunities. The four yards are going to get a lot better over these you know, two days of practice. They already did, I'm sure, from the one. Now the second one coming up, it's going to be fun to see how, how they respond and how they act to it. A lot of good stuff, though, because I think we have to mention that Travis Benjamin had himself a day, he did. which he needs to have to make this roster. I think he's got the memo that he's on the brink of not making it, and he's on that edge. and Whether it's him, Richie James, uh, S- Simba Webster, or Jalen Hurd, there's only one spot and there's four guys. You know, somebody's not going to make it. Uh, in fact, three guys aren't going to make it and one guy is. Who's that guy going to be is going to be important. You have to prove it in practice, but ultimately you have to prove it in the game.
1: Correct. You know, Travis Benjamin showed up today and was like, you know, don't push me. I'm close to the edge. I- I'm trying like not to, to lose my right. head. And he didn't. He didn't lose his head at all. He came out and showed out the big touchdown catch, a couple other nice plays as well. Um, I'm, I want to see that continuing for him. And like I said, I want to see that translate into a game situation. I want him building all the way through this. Um, I want to see the rookies as well out there. Um, I think it would be really, really great if we could see Aaron Banks out there. Unfortunately, he's dealing with the A.C. sprain in the shoulder, and it is what it is. That's something he's going to have to fight through. Hopefully it only keeps him out a week and we get to see him going into the dress rehearsal against the Raiders. I would like that. But A.C. sprains are, can be a little fickle. You come back a little too early, and those things can uh, can jam right up again and cause a whole lot of problems for you down the line. So they're definitely going to be careful with him, just like they're being careful with Trent Williams, just like they're being careful with Jalen Hurd, right? Careful with Emmanuel Mosley. They've been careful with Ebucom. The 49ers training staff has done a great job of not over-utilizing these guys, right? Not pushing them and stretching them to the limit. I find it funny that some 49ers fans are freaking out about the fact that guys are not healthy. It's like, you know, pick pick a lane. Which is it? Do you want these guys to be healthy for a season and for the injury bug to be going away? you want the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan to take care of these guys? Or do you want to see these guys out there playing through injuries? Which one is it? You can't have it both ways. you got to pick one.
0: Well, you know what's exciting is that we haven't had any of these serious injuries yet knock on wood um but the the good news is as that is something they've worked on you know it, it, OTAs everyone got worried again because you had the Tarverius injury you had the Wilson injury and oh no here we go we're in trouble and then you know what through training camp we've had bumps we've had bruises we've had sprains but we haven't had ACLs we haven't had Achilles and that's what's exciting about this is overall the team is a lot healthier than they were last year going into the football season absolutely and some of the players that you had questions about. We have zero questions about now. Someone like Debo Samuel, who came in last year, had the foot injury, then had the hamstring. He's been completely healthy. He looks in great shape. So there's a lot of good signs for the 49ers.
1: Brandon Ayuk was another one who was injured at the start of the year. He looks fantastic. He looks phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's true. And you know what? Kyle Shannon and his training staff have done a great job of getting these players in the right positions. I think a lot of times it's overhyped how much practice you know people miss. Yeah, you, you don't want them to miss practice. You would love for them to be out there 100%. It's also better to make sure that they're there for game days. Uh, I think when you're a part of a football team, you kind of get an understanding of this. Yeah, as a coach, it, it kind of irritates you when somebody's not out there. You're not able to practice what you want to practice. You're not able to go through what you want to, but they still do that with with meetings, with team meetings. They go over all this stuff. These guys are prepared. It's not like they can't execute at a high level. Making sure you have some timing. You don't need all the practice time to get that timing down. These are professionals. If it was another level, maybe you'd be worried about it, but ultimately... It's not going to make that big of a difference. Just make sure you're out there for Detroit week one.
1: Agreed. Make sure you're out there for Detroit week one. And uh, one more thing that I wanted to kind of talk about and bring up, because I I saw D'Amico Ryan's press conference and people were asking about the safety and the strong safety room and just things of that nature. And people took the comments and the quotes for him talking up Clinton Dix a little bit, talking up Talanoa Hufanga, putting him kind of in the same conversation as categories to Vaughn Wilson and people being like, oh, we got a competition brewing there at strong safety. I don't feel that, that 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 is the case at all. I think he's showing love to two guys who have come in and worked really hard. Haha Clinton Dix is very motivated. He wants to make this roster. He wants to still prove that he has something in the tank and that people have been doubting him, right? Talanoa Hufanga kind of has already demonstrated what he believes his role is going to be and where he thinks he can make his biggest impact, but he had a nice showing in that first preseason game. Uh, not a lot of love being shown to Von Wilson's way, and that guy's been having one monster of a camp so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that was D'Amico Ryan's playing up a competition, or was it D'Amico Ryan's just showing love to, to a room that's stepping up and elevating despite all the injuries?
0: Well, what serves the 49ers and those players better? Letting everyone know that Devon Wilson is the starter and the rest of you are competing for backup spots? Or saying, you know what, we are always like competition. Um, of course these guys are going to play well. You know, are talking them up. He's building them up to put them in a situation where they believe they solved the opportunity to start. He's not naming a starter right now. He's not going to name a starter until we get closer to Detroit, right? Your cuts are going to come through. So this just makes sense from a football mindset. We always used to tell the, the, the kids that played for us was, your name is written in pencil. You know, it's on the other end of a pencil and eraser. That means I can move you down. Uh, you need to make sure you're out here always putting forth effort. But he needs to create some competition as well in that safety room because of the injuries. You had a pecking order that was there already. Tart, you know, Jimmy Ward. Then you had Tavon Wilson, uh, Jefferson, and then Talano Hufanga. Jefferson's out of the mix. Tart is out of the mix right now. So now you have these other guys. So now you're trying to create some sort of a competition, bring in HaHa Clinton-Dix, somebody that started in this league, that even if he's not up to the level that the other guys are playing at right now, you look at his name and think, oh, then that's a name that I recognize. I need to be able to play at a higher level. He's going to elevate Tavon Wilson's game, elevate Talano Hufanga's game, and Hufanga doesn't need very much motivation at all. But also... Just putting that little nugget out there, that carrot, for haha Clinton Dick, that, hey, if you play at a high level, you have an opportunity to contribute to this football team and ultimately maybe get back there as a starter. Well, why not do that? I see no negatives in doing that. Coach, you know, Coach Talk 101 says you do this, and he did it and he executed it to a high level. You just can't read too much into it. You just got to read what is actually there, which is coach talk.
1: Coach talk, and then also what are you seeing in terms of reps on the field and who's playing where? Because Devon Wilson is working solely and exclusively with the first team defense, no one else is working out there and operating well. And they did all the good role. talking about Tavon Wilson early on. Correct. And Tavon Wilson deserves all of it. And Correct. Like I, the coach speak stuff is is accurate indeed. I just find it funny that the fans are want to take and run what they can with it, and the talking heads are going to take and run what they can with it, which is fine because that's what you expect from certain certain areas, right, of the fandom and the faithful and the talking heads. This is what they do. They got to get their clicks. 49ers fans, though, I wouldn't say there's a there's a competition in that room. But there's definitely a lead horse and there's definitely some guys who have been showing some stuff. Fanga, definitely one of them. And I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to build off of some of the good stuff he put on tape and training in the joint practice sessions today. Or yesterday, excuse me, what he's gonna do on tape today and from what he did in his first preseason game.
0: Well, and some of the media doesn't understand it. They they've never been in a locker room. You know, they've never they've never been a coach or never, any of that.
1: Or never even stepped on the field and played the right, damn. Right,
0: football. so they they don't understand it. So they take they do take things a little bit more literal. And then they turn around and they put that on to the fans as well. And the fans don't know. They hear what they're saying, and they think that that is the point of view that it's actually should be coming from. They're
1: there, right? Why would they lie? Why would they make it up? And And it's not be just telling the truth.
0: It's not always that they lie. It's sometimes that they just don't see it. Um, You can you can have a a ton of different. What was that dress that they had? And everyone saw different colors. Um, That's how it is. You put me and, and somebody else out there, or you and somebody else out there. And we're going to see a different color of football. just the way it's played and approached because we see different aspects of it. It's a kaleidoscope. It is. You know, so some people can look at a garden and only see the weeds. Some people can see the beautiful flowers that are sitting there as well. Um, you have to be able to decipher which one is which. Some people want to focus on the one weed that's in the, in the middle of a giant garden of, of roses. And some people want to see how many great roses there are and there's only one weed. And sometimes that gets lost in translation. That's what happens when you're on the football field. Some people don't see it. And, it's, and, and that's okay because their perspective is their perspective. We just have a different perspective. We have one that was more based in football knowledge um, because that's what we did. We didn't go to you know, school to learn how to be a writer. We went to school, football school. I went and sat in front of a lot of football coaches so I could learn how to everything I need to know about football. Study the game. Yeah, study the game. And do I know everything? Absolutely not. I, of course I don't know everything. Uh, If I did think I knew everything, then I would be an idiot because there's no way you could possibly know everything about football. You should constantly be trying to learn. and There's always new stuff to learn. All I know is what I know, and I'm trying to kind of go off of that. I know you're the same way. It's like you you just put yourself out there and you try to learn, but different perspectives are are everything. Two people looking at the same thing will see something different. Uh, Three or four people. We all went to – we had four of us at training camp at one point, and we all saw different things.
1: We all took some different stuff out of it as well. Yeah,
0: we did 100% because people see things different. A lot of times once we talk about it, then everyone can see the other angles that you're looking at.
1: Well then you can form a better opinion because sometimes yeah. you get caught up in your own perception and your own right your own lens in that kaleidoscope yeah. and you're you're shut yourself off to anything else or anything any other ways to view it. And it takes a conversation sometimes and just wanting to listen to that other point of view and that other perspective in order to widen that lens and be able to see the full picture. Because um, yep. when you can see the full picture and you can see the different angles, right, you have a better understanding of maybe where the strengths and weaknesses lie rather than what you believe the strengths and weaknesses are.
0: Yeah, and, and some perspectives make you think. You really look at it, you make you, make you think. Some perspectives don't. Um, but I think everyone is entitled to have their opinion and their perspective. And, Absolutely. And it should definitely be listened to and embraced. Um, ultimately, you decide whether it is something you want to to take into account or not. But that, that's what's going on. And is this whether, in
1: fact honest and something that I want to right. take you know, completely serious or is this something that I can take with a grain of salt? It is what it is. It's a perspective, but I'm not going to let it influence any decision that I'm going to
0: make. Yeah, and, and that's looking at it more – there is an analytic look at it too. I know you care more about the numbers than
1: I do. I See, that's, that's where I think a lot of people's perception – and you and I have had pl- this conversation plenty yeah. of times. I have my eye test. But sometimes my eye, sometimes because I'm a critical, over-the-top analytical thinker, sometimes that eye test I believe is fooling me. I feel like I may be missing something, and so I definitely want at times numbers to. They don't necessarily have to back my eye test, but they need to give me a direction, like a right. path that I'm that I'm on the right path here. The numbers at least lay a path because sometimes you'll see a number, right? You'll see a guy with receptions, like a bunch of receptions, and not a lot of yards, and I think. This guy's an incredible route runner. This guy can get open. This guy should be a star in this league. But the yards don't show it, but the receptions show it. Like they're, they're, He's getting open and catching a lot of balls in space, but there's just not a big yardage number on top of that. Well, I can go back and watch the film, right? Is he getting open on deep routes? Yes. he not getting the ball on the deep routes. Yes. Is he getting open on short routes? Yes. Is he getting thrown the ball on short routes? Yes. Okay. He's got a niche role in the system, right? Yeah. This is what he is. This is what his role is. Even if I think this guy could be a number one wide receiver in this league or potentially one of the better route runners in this league, that's not what he's being utilized at in this system, and that's okay. But now I have an understanding of why I thought maybe one thing, but also wasn't willing to like jump on it right away. The numbers kind of can give you that backing or at least set you on the right path to understanding it. The numbers for me are important so long as I can tie them to something. The numbers on them on their own mean absolutely nothing. If there's nothing, there's no actual physical evidence because statistical numbers, it's not physical evidence, right? Like the, the numbers themselves are not evidence. It's the play that led to the number. That's the actual physical evidence. So you look at the play itself. And then if you want to try and correlate it and connect it to the numbers, that's fine. That makes sense. If you're just looking at the numbers on a blank screen, you're going to, you're, you're not going to necessarily draw the right conclusion, and if you do draw the right conclusion, it won't be for the right reasons. And you and I are fans of the process, right? Yeah. Getting to the right answer or getting to the right like location, getting to the right destination, but doing it the right way, not just getting there.
0: Yeah, I have zero problems with your approach. I have zero problems with it. Uh, I go completely off eye test. I'm one of those people that never went back over my test either. If you do, you second you second guess what you're seeing. Uh, let your eyes, you know, let your eyes tell you what's going on. Um, so, so some people do that, and some people don't, but. There are people, not you, but there are people that go completely analytic.
1: Correct. Completely that's, that's all the, about the numbers. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and that is definitely doesn't work in football. Uh, it, it just it just doesn't. And it
1: doesn't. I mean, has it has it? I mean, can we be honest? Has it really worked in any other sport?
0: I think the closest is baseball. The I think, closest is baseball. I think yes. baseball. They're getting pretty close to having this thing down to a science, uh, where they've gotten the numbers down because it's definitely changed. I don't want to get into baseball, but let it, it. It's definitely different, but uh yeah I think it is a way a perspective a way to look at it, so I guarantee you from every single person that watched practice on Thursday, everyone saw it a different way. Everyone saw an impact a different way for all different kinds of players. when you get a a group that all says the same thing right if you get you, they're all saying d four did really well, we can really latch onto that right um oh, trey Lance can really throw the deep ball. you can latch onto it, so I think there are things when you find a a cohesive, you know, group of people that say the same things, you're okay. It's when it's erratic, you know, all over the place. This guy saying this thing, this guy saying this thing. Uh, be careful. Then you really have to pay attention. to This, this.
1: guy's numbers are one thing. This guy's numbers are another yeah. thing. There's some some fishy stuff going on around well, here.
0: It's training camp. Why are we why are <laughs> we why are we doing numbers?
1: Narratives are important, and and and, <laughs> and if if you can't physically explain it to them, right? You can't paint a mental picture of what happened. Then the best way and the easiest and the laziest way to do it. I'm, laziest is not the right word to say there i guess the easiest way to do it right and to go about doing it is just put some numbers on a page and show them to everybody and be like look look at these numbers this is what this number means and i'm not going to give you anything else other than these numbers congratulations and have a great day
0: yeah i mean yeah i, 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 I wish i could just watch a film of all these practices i would love it
1: and i felt get on this I, I, did, I did i will pay extra money for all 22 practice films i did see uh middle
0: saying if if they could put these joint practices up uh, he, I guarantee everyone would buy
1: it. I'll pay money. Yeah. I, I will pay money for all 22 practice film. Like, won't even hesitate.
0: And, and, won't even hesitate. And, and it'll never happen because they're ne- not revealing. They're not, you're not going behind the
1: curtain. No, because you, once you open that door, see, that's Pandora's box. Once you open that door, I mean, there is no closing it. Right There is no closing it. Pa- fans will be pissed off. Um, you also then make the film available for every team in the league oh, to yeah. be able to study. And D- defenses would
0: be impossible to stop. Our defense would stop the offenses easily.
1: Yeah, You're, you're going to know too much. So while it'll never happen, we can dream. Because <laughs> there is a universe out there where it's happening right now.
0: Yeah. I'm a jealous guy. Jealous guy. I just wish I was Mike Shanahan so I could watch all the, the secret feeds
1: that he gets to see, all the meeting rooms and all that. Hey, Mike, if you ever want to have us over to your cool house with your fancy connections and we can watch it on practice, we'd really appreciate it. We can great. talk about a 49ers football, old days, your time in Denver. There's a lot of great things we could talk about. But look. There's still so much going on with this team. It's There's true. still so many things to cover with this team. we got a whole practice session today to go through, right? Video to bring out to you tomorrow morning, and then a wonderful game on Sunday in which we get to talk about all the things, react, instant reaction afterwards. So make sure, Cutback Crew and 49ers fans, that you're subscribed right now. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell if you haven't already as well. That way you're notified for all of our daily content at 11 a.m. Our live streams now on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. and they can come in and hop over into the Discord channel and chat it up with the rest of the Cutback crew. Lots of great things over there from meme channels to bad take channels to just talking shop and talking 49ers football. It's a great time over there on the Discord. We'll see you all in there. Ant, what a great practice yeah. session. And we got a good one to look forward to today. Yeah, also. yeah it's
0: exciting that we have a, a Thursday, Friday of a lot of great news. And then we have Sunday, the game. We build up to that. And we're building towards eventually getting to that Raiders game. And there's a lot of excitement that goes to this. We're gonna have some big cuts that are gonna come down on Tuesday. Uh, ultimately, we're gonna to have to get into that and just break down what this means for this roster. Um, so 49ers talk is not going anywhere. There's a lot to go that's going into this. We're working towards this regular season. I can't wait for it. Uh, this, is what I love, this is what I love to talk about, 49ers, and I love to talk about it with everyone. So make sure you leave a comment uh, and just let us know how you're feeling about the 49ers. If there's any questions that you have as far as um, things that you see that maybe you want us to see, Uh, I'm definitely looking into anything people say, so it'll be exciting.
1: Absolutely. Worried about injuries, worried about the quarterback play, whatever it is, let us know about it down below in the comment section. And until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.